Hello and welcome to an ISIS Energy podcast. I'm Ed Cox, manager of our LNG editorial team, and I'm here with my deputy, Josie Shillito. We're going to talk today about the merger of the Qatari LNG suppliers, Razgas and Qatar Gas, which is some recent big news to come out to the market. As the world's largest LNG producer, um, the two companies, Katagas and Razgas, have a huge impact on supply within the global market. Josie, um, tell us a little bit more about uh, this news that you've heard. Yeah, sure. Um, with the merger of these two producers, um, you've got uh, a lot of LNG production coming together. Um, and you've got a huge amount of shipping capacity uh, joining forces as well. Um, both of these things suggest an increased uh, flexibility in uh, producing and delivering LNG um, and an increased flexibility in optimising costs through shipping and through that LNG production. I mean, this could have a few uh, effects on the market, um, although I'll caution that Katagas and Razgas have been working together unofficially for quite some time and optimising a little bit with how they do things. So it's not going to be a drastic change. It's more of a, a long-term strategy to continue doing what they have been doing for a few years anyway. The newly merged company, um, first of all, will operate all the trains. Um, until now, you've had uh, different trains under different equity ownerships and uh, deliveries according to that structure. By managing all the trains, they can source the LNG from, from whichever train is suitable at, at whatever time, uh, giving them some flexibility. These trains and this production is under long-term contract, some flexible supply with some spot volumes, which Katagas and Rasgas will jointly market when these contracts expire they will then jointly market the new uh, long-term contracts and also um, continue to do the spot volumes this is interesting because until now um Katagas and Raskas have been marketing some of the same um volumes to the same customers this will no longer happen and as a result they won't be undercutting each other in any way on price then again, I will caveat that they haven't really been doing that anyway. There has been an element of working together, but this will enable them, of course, to get the, the best price for their LNG now. Given more production flexibility, more shipping flexibility, um, it will help them build and continue to build their position in Asia and the Middle East. Just to zoom in on shipping, Katagas and Raskas together will have over 60 vessels at their disposal. The kind of flexibility you get from this is is great in, in LNG in terms of uh, being able to optimise how you use your shipping, but it might put a stop to, to some practices that were quite useful for the shipping market in general that Qatar and um, what Rasgas was, was doing. Rasgas would, uh, would uh, typically charter um, a vessel that was coming from the Pacific Basin to the Atlantic Basin at, a, at quite a low rate to, to carry its volumes to the Atlantic Basin and it would do this to avoid having to send one of its own vessels there. This was useful for shippers because they would be able to get a leg of their voyage paid for by, by Rasgas in return for carrying Rasgas volumes. Um, otherwise it's very expensive to reposition from the Pacific to the Atlantic. I can't see why Rasgas would need to continue doing this if it's got this much shipping capacity and it's able to, to optimise in its own way. It might reduce that. Um, I mean we really don't know but that, that's, just a, that's just an idea of one of the effects on shipping-wise that it might have. So Qatar has talked 
about having flexibility in contract discussions, trying to secure that demand. Obviously, mm. there is a lot of new volume coming from Australia, which mm. will overtake Qatar mm. in the next few years as the world's largest producer. Uh, but Qatar, with its geographical location, will remain a key potential swing producer to the east and the mm. west. And from a European perspective, we haven't seen the volumes come in that some people had expected. And I suspect that will remain their commercial decision, particularly perhaps about increasing demand maybe not so much from Asia, but from the Middle East, where recently the, their long-term Pakistan contract between Qatar Gas and Pakistan kicked in. And I think that's the reason why some some more deliveries have mm. not come to Europe, they were expected, and have, have stayed in the Middle East. So, so yeah. perhaps their, their overall strategy will, um, will remain the same about accessing new markets, which is, of course, a trend across mm. all sellers at the moment in, in what is a mm. relatively weak market. Yeah, uh, analysts have suggested that the same level of volumes will continue to come to Europe. I mean, a lot of them are under long-term contracts. Mm. There's been fewer flexible volumes coming to Europe. Mm. That could continue going forward, particularly as they try to, to, to send to Pakistan mm. and to Asia. Mm. Um, but that's no great change from what's been happening anyway. I mean, the, the main um, change for Europe, which isn't really a change, is that um, they might be selling into Europe from different trains because now they'll have access to production from across all trains, and so we'll use what is most suitable to mm. them to send to Europe. Okay, understood. All right, well, that, that's, that's interesting news. We'll keep an eye on how that uh, manifests and shows itself in the market in the coming, uh, coming weeks and months. Just to, to wrap up, you were at uh, the CWC conference last week in Barcelona. What was the, the kind of the view or the theme from, from what is usually a pretty, pretty significant event in the market? Yeah, big event, lots of people there, um, lots of deals being struck, I'm sure, behind closed doors. The conference um, announcements uh, were very much in line with, with how they've been in uh, previous years. You know, what is the demand and supply outlook? What's going to happen until 2020? There was maybe more of a shift of an emphasis from security of supply over to security of demand. Where is the demand going to come from? And the solution being to, to, to invest a bit more in downstream infrastructure, which has been going on anyway, but there was definitely a lot of talk about that. Taking stakes uh, or taking operatorship, as Total has done with the Ivory Coast, the idea that you would, uh, you would then be able to supply that project. Or um, stakes in, in FSRU projects, that kind of thing. And you know, the idea of removing that kind of bottleneck into getting new markets to come online, new markets that can't necessarily get the financing on their own okay well there's lots to think about yeah. um keep an eye out for our lng year in review and outlook which will soon be going out in our reports and then as free content for any more information about what we're doing go to our website at isis.com <laughs>